Hey, this is Sloot, and you're listening to Training Dummies. With Rob. Oh, yes. I have many, many stories to tell. And Daryl. Would you like to hear one? $9.95 per minute. Greetings and welcome to episode 240, recorded on May 2nd, 2019. My name is Daryl and I am running a half marathon this weekend. That is that is exciting for me, but, but less exciting than that. My good buddy Rob ran one this past Sunday. Are you still alive? I'm actually dead right now. <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> the Night King yeah. came to... <laughs> came up and did his thing and just so we could do this episode so yes nice nice so how was it you know i have a, a lot of stuff to uh process and unload mm-hmm. and i know that we actually have a uh, an episode scheduled for that so i'll give you the very short version okay it was yeah uh, it was the worst thing i've ever done in my life and it was amazing <laughs> that's awesome. yeah uh yeah there's there's so much to it it was uh it was rough and and i and i earned it and uh we had a couple of couple of surprises that i didn't know about mm-hmm. uh james and missy uh she's actually in chat tonight but they showed up and i did not know it i guess they had coordinated with my wife and they showed up and were there as i crossed the finish line and yeah that was that's pretty amazing it was incredible. It was too much. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Well, uh, as you said, we're not we're not going to be talking about this week. That's next week's show. But this week, we are going to be doing a Alliance Zone recap of the Alliance Story recap. And mm-hmm. to do that, we're bringing back one of our uh, favorite lore guests. So let's give a big Training Dummies welcome to Joe Loder Perez. We have new and improved applause since the last time you were on. <laughs> That's nice. I like it. I like it. <laughs> so how are you doing Dude, this thank evening? You. I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me on again. I always, uh, I always love uh, coming on and talking with you guys. Dude, it's always awesome to have you, uh, have you on. Because I don't know, there's there's a lot of people that are super into the lore and know the lore, but like there's a there's a there's a handful of people that are that have like the really the delivery and the uh just kind of the passion behind it you know and it's always fun chatting with you about it so thank you very much for for coming back uh i know it's going to be rough talking about alliance side stuff because nobody really likes them but it's true you know <laughs> well, I, I will do my best i will do my best for all those alliance folks that listen uh to mm-hmm. not butcher that story for them <laughs> yeah uh I mainly say that because I know Missy's in there and she's uh, she's alliance <laughs> at heart, even though even though our guild shirt has the uh, horde logo on it. So, but yep. Well, but in case somebody's been living under a rock, I am home. Uh, Missy's telling me to go home, and I I am home. I'm actually in my I'm in my home office right now for yeah. Um, <laughs> in case somebody's been living under a rock and and isn't familiar with why you are uh, you're one of our favorite third chairs, why don't you give them a little bit of history about who you are and what you're doing and your involvement in the community? Oh man! All right. So where to start? So for many many years, I've been a member of this wonderful community as a contributing writer uh, to various websites uh, throughout the last. Oh God, I feel old now. It's been like eleven years. Um, mm. And after all, we've transitioned into Blizzard Watch. So if anybody is familiar with Blizzard Watch, that's where I hang my hat these days. Um, 
And one of the things that I do there now, one of my main things, is I am one of the chairs for the Lore Watch podcast, where we talk about the lore of not just World of Warcraft, but all the Blizzard games and IPs. Uh, and it's myself, Matthew Rossi, and Ann Stickney, uh, or as I like to refer to us, the three tinfoil-hatted ones. Uh, <laughs> nice. So, and uh, we've been picking apart the story and and doing all this for a very, very long time. Uh, so yeah, and I don't know what else to say about myself. I hate talking about myself, but... <laughs> but well, we won't make you too much, then. But I will say this, I have been busy in the last uh, year since we've talked last time. In that time, I have uh, spent most of my free time helping to found a charity group, uh, which mm-hmm. is an actual charitable org uh, that is doing all sorts of fun stuff using gaming as our main vehicle. Uh, nice. And so far, it's allowed us to contribute uh, several, I think at this point, hundreds of thousands of dollars to the food banks of America. So, that's awesome. gamers, oh, that's you know we're awesome out there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, man, people underestimate gamers. They, uh, they can be very generous and supportive and, uh, and have a little bit of coin to throw around, too. So. Yep. Yes, yeah. they can. So I'm, I'm appreciative of all of them, for darn sure. Awesome. Well, awesome. Uh, then, you know what, man? Ever since we we trimmed our show notes to try to make it more spontaneous, and now I just I look at it and I'm like, uh. Okay, we have no promo <laughs> bumper wanna... <laughs> because I haven't created any more of those yet, so disregard that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you guys want to keep up with us, we are active on Twitter. The show is at Training Dummies. I am at Rob Copeland, and Daryl is at Daryl underscore TTD. Uh, and if you want to give us a follow over on Patreon, since the shows are going on live there, that is patreon.com slash training dummies. Uh, otherwise, if uh, if you don't know how to use a Google, I, I I don't know what to tell you at this point. We're we're pretty easy to track down. So that being said, uh, let's see. Do you, I don't know if you have a bumper here or not. No, I don't have any bumpers. I lost them all, so yeah. I haven't made any special ones yet. Yeah, we kind of, I don't know, Daryl's Daryl's hard drive crashed and we, we lost a lot of... Uh, but we're still here we're still doing it let's get into it the alliance story we did uh we did the horde uh to kind of catch up recap of the horde story with nick and katie a few weeks back um for the torn of the goblin and that was really cool those i uh, love those guys and we figured uh we owed it to ourselves and everybody else daryl and i actually played through the alliance story most we of did, it most of it <laughs> until i got antsy and i ended up finishing up on my own i think but <laughs> i know i still haven't gone back <laughs> well the thing with uh the thing with that was was i actually wanted to do the reps and stuff too to get the to get the uh allied, allied races so yeah. Uh, yeah yeah i did the grind uh, i do i do have them all unlocked i've done the the uh i don't know the anchor people Whatever they are, the, the uh, proud board <laughs> <Anchor> people. <Nice. laughs> I can't remember now. I'm I'm a little fried still. That's awesome. I'm gonna blame it on the half marathon. That the Jaina people. I don't know. The thick boys and girls. Close, close, I don't close know. Enough. I don't even know, man. The thick awesome. worker boys, uh, so. thick worker girls. There you go. All right, so uh, let me uh, let me just throw myself under the bus here and stop butchering this thing, Joe. Why don't you why don't you kick us off with the uh, alliance intro? Well, let's take it back just a little bit, a uh, little bit before the intro of the game, uh, at least for the expansion. And if we haven't already covered it in the previous ones, just a brief mention of Before the Storm. If anybody's interested in where the story for this entire expansion starts, it is highly recommended that you either read the book or check it out on Audible. I hear a certain Christy Golden is reading it. 
So mm. oh, that's cool. Nice. Uh, but it's it's a fantastic setup to actually everything that happens uh, and everything that we've experienced so far. All of the major story beats gets its roots here as far as all the characters, their motivations and what's to come. And it actually sets up certain things very, very importantly, such as the burning of Tildrassel and the Battle of Lordaeron. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a little bit weird for me to, to talk about, though, I guess, the expansion without mentioning those. I don't know if you guys covered it the last time. From the various perspectives, or uh, we did, uh, we did kind of get into it a little bit, but you know, anything you want to do, even even like a brief overview, is totally sure. Fine. Yeah. I guess we'll go with the the uh, the the quick version for everybody out there because I don't want to beat it into the the ground there for you guys. Uh, but the burning of Teldrassil is essentially Savannah leads this campaign to try to take out uh, the Alliance center of operations as they see it on Kalimdor because why not? I guess. Uh, her motivation seems suspect to us as the reader, and as the expansion goes on, that sort of keeps going. Uh, and she's using the big distraction of a giant sword in the planet uh, as this great smokescreen to get this done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. the way that it happens, at least in this, is it seems like it's not even her goal to do that at first, but we have suspicions. Uh, then after that happens, retaliation must occur, and of course the Alliance responds in kind by going after Lodoran, which is the base of operations for all of the Forsaken. Uh, and one of the important moments of this is that it brings back into the fold Jaina Proudmore, who had been absent for an entire expansion and then some, yeah. uh, because she was really angry about the about the uh, the mm-hmm. uh, mages letting the, uh, the Blood Elves back in because, well, she didn't like Dadgar's reasoning. Uh, so she turns up, turns the tide of the battle, forces the Forsaken to essentially blow up the place and run run away uh, and scorched earth. And that's when we sort of get into the whole maritime story for Alliance, because now that Jane is back, it's time to go get help. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. where does that help lie? The Kaltirans, who have been sort of absent from everything. Kaltirans. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> still had five minutes now. I'm like, oh, man. I was trying to wait, man. I was trying to wait to let it come up for you. Uh, I didn't realize you hadn't placed it yet. Jeez. That's awesome. So Uh, so anybody... I'm just going to say... say, Anybody who doesn't know the Kaltirans, they are the maritime empire uh, of humans from Mm -hmm. way back when of the original RTS games. So So go ahead. I've been Horde since this game released. Like, literally day one, I rolled Horde, and I've, I've... the only time I've actually actually leveled the character was in BFA. Um, but before that, you know, right when the, the intro stuff was doing, despite me being Horde for so long, I did a, oh my God, yes, this is awesome when Jaina mm-hmm. flies in with her freaking boat. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, that, that was, was that like, was good a, stuff. oh my God, this is amazing moment. Mm-hmm. It really was. Like, I, I love that part. So funny story, uh, just real quick as a side. Uh, before that ever happened, before that scene was ever a thing, like a year ago, I made a I made a beg on uh, Lore Watch. I said I want Jaina to come back and I want her to be a badass sky pirate. And they, <laughs> as soon as I saw that cutscene, all I did is I, I tweeted at Taryn Gregory. I said thank you. That's it. That's all I said because it was exactly what I wanted. That's I just wanted awesome. her showing up on a skyship. Yeah, that pretty much nailed yeah. it. Huh? That was so awesome. It really was. <laughs> So as far as the rest of the, the story progressing for after that goes, after the Alliance scenario ends, Jaina decides that it's time to reach out to Kaltiris, uh, hoping to gain their naval aid because that's pretty much what the Horde's looking to do at this point, except mm-hmm. they're looking to go to the Zandalari Trolls, which always struck me as a little bit odd since we just spent an entire expansion 
a couple ago fighting Zandalari trolls because Zul is kind of a jerk. Uh, and then we get this whole thing where the meeting happens very poorly uh, as Catherine Proudmore uh, is still blaming her daughter for the death of her husband and son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she turns her over to Lady Ashvane uh, and basically says, well, here you go. So then you get thrown into the prison of Tol- uh, Toldgor. I think that's mm-hmm. the right name. Uh, and you have to make your escape. Uh, that's where you meet Talia, who is super important. Uh, she is the Lich King's daughter. Uh, <laughs> you know, Bolvar Four Dragon. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we begin to set up, a, and we start doing all of our stuff to set up in mm-hmm. Boralis. Uh, that reveal was hilarious because you can mm-hmm. see the couple of people that knew who she was, like when they got to that point, were like super excited. And then some people were like, wait, what? Talia, Talia Four Dragon? Okay. So. What did you guys think about when you when you saw that? I was in the camp of I kind of I I knew but I didn't click because I think because we were when we were just I think I that area, told we you were, about it. Yeah, didn't you I? told me and, because yeah, and the only reason I knew is because I heard you guys talk about it on Lore Watch. I'm like, well, oh hey, that's yeah. <laughs> that's who they were talking about on Lore Watch. That's uh-huh. her. Hey Rob, that's her. <laughs> yeah. So I remember because we were like yeah. up making uh making somebody. <laughs> Feeding them a bunch of stuff till they threw up, and then and yeah. we were over in dress bar somewhere, and you were yeah, that's when uh, yeah, I'm like hey, yeah. I heard about this person. There now, she is. For, any, for anybody who doesn't know why that's important, uh, so way back in the day when uh, Four Dragon was sort of like just the steward of uh, all of Stormwind and basically taking place of uh, protection for King Anduin at the time, while his father was still missing in action. Uh, Worry before that, before when the the undead plague was raging through and starting to come down, he shipped his daughter off to Caltiris. Uh, now the interesting thing here is not only did he do this, but he had such a relationship with them and with the nobility in particular that not only was she taken well care of, she was placed with one of the most important and trustworthy people on that entire set of of, of landmass, right? So mm-hmm. it wasn't like, please watch my kid. Uh, I'll maybe come back for her if I don't die. It was, no, please take care of my kid. And they went, okay, we're going to give her the best of everything we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Uh, it nice. really solidified the, sort of that relationship that mm-hmm. still remained between certain pieces of Kul'Tiris and the main alliance, which had been broken down uh, years ago after, you know, the whole debacle of Admiral Promore getting killed. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Now, from there, which which zone do you guys want to talk about first? I'll let you guys make the uh, make the choice. Uh, well, choose your own adventure. So, Tiergard Sound is the one I haven't done. Uh, Rob okay. and I leveled through Dressfar and Stormsong, so mm-hmm. we were able to hit 120 before we fin- completed both of those. I think. So, if we want to start with one, either of those two, and then we'll leave Tiergard well, Sound for the last because I haven't actually done that one. Yet. Sure. So let's let's start with I'll, I'll do uh, Dressfar. I think. All right. Um, so Dressfar is an interesting place because it is very, very spooky. And what mm-hmm. I mean by spooky is not that it's just like, ooh, scary, like, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, oh, God, why can't I remember the name of the zone now? Dusk something dark. It was one of the vanilla zones that was Dusk super dark. Something. Yes, thank you. Uh, but it wasn't just like like that with like, you know, oh, it's dark and broody. Mm-hmm. No, there's real evil magic going around yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this place is overrun with witchcraft and shadows that live mm-hmm. and like, well, you see it. In all of the, you. Yeah. You see it in all of the weird, the trees that are, that are basically ready to strangle you as you run by. And, <laughs> yeah. All of, like the weird, the savage shrubberies everywhere. 
Now, this to me is actually probably one of the most interesting Alliance zones, and I, I think it's probably my favorite, mm -hmm. uh, simply because the way that the story unfolds is you start to, to learn more about the, the Druss, which is an ancient race um, that was defeated by a bunch of human settlers of Kaltiris. These human settlers who looked an awful lot like Vrykrul. Um, mm -hmm. In order to keep fighting, uh, the Druss were actually taking spirits out of the people and the recently deceased and slamming them into constructs uh, made out of the, the bone, the wicker, mm -hmm, and things like right. that mm -hmm. to try to keep fighting, to try to keep winning. Uh, eventually, they were defeated and sort of like the remaining spirits sort of scattered and started living in the forested areas of uh, Drustvar, making that area as creepy as it is. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, they were waiting and plotting their time for basically a return. And that's where the Waycrest family comes in. So you have Lady Waycrest, uh, who is super power hungry and has a very specific idea of how the world should be. And that places her at the top of the order, her family at the top of the order. Uh, so what happens is a little mean man from the Shadow Realm named Gorak Tull offers her all sorts of, of power in the form of dress magic. Uh, mm -hmm. if he will just open the door so he can come back to, to life. Uh, and that's where, like, the story of the zone really shines is because you learn exactly how corrupt the Drust were, exactly how far mm -hmm. the Waycrest family fell. Mm -hmm. um, it also has one of my, my favorite, uh, like, oh god moments as far as the story goes because you see what La Lady Waycrest did to her own daughter to, like, try to maintain control and power. Mm -hmm. Um and you actually meet her daughter, uh, Lucille, early on in the zone, who's being tried for witchcraft, uh, which I thought was actually an interesting introduction okay. to how things work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, and that's when you're like, oh, go get a really smelly onion so she can cry and go get these things so she can vomit. And yeah, that's what yeah, I, yeah, yeah, that's where yeah, you, uh, that, yeah. <laughs> that's where things started to come together for me. <laughs> And as you make your way through it, you learn about the uh, the coven, uh, Hearthsbane Coven, I believe it is. Yeah, Hearth, Hearthsbane Coven, uh, which mm -hmm. is basically Lady Waycrest has been kidnapping people uh, and converting them into witches of her coven through the dress, dark magic and mind controlling them. And it is ridiculously dark and twisted. Mm -hmm. It is super, super cool. I, at least in my opinion, it's super cool how they did that. It wasn't like willing participants. It was... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I need more. I need more witches for this ritual. You'll do. Get over here. Hmm. Uh, and it culminates in two very important things happening. First, uh, with Lucille, you go and reform what's called the Order of Embers. It's an ancient Kaltiran order uh, that was made specifically to battle the threat of the Drust, not just witchcraft in general, but the Drust. And mm -hmm. when you do that, you learn that it might have been a little Titan motivated. Uh, as you go through to get the old book of the order uh, and the runes that you happen to traipse through look like they might have been earthen minded uh, constructions, which I thought was interesting. And then you go to the final thing, which is a dungeon, as most of these zones are. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's at Waycrest Manor where you have to stamp out the last of the cult. Uh, and it is literally going through and killing all of the witches that have taken up the uh, spot in Lucille's childhood home. And uh, when you're done, you basically unleash well i shouldn't say unleash you kill gorak tool but he sort of zips out through a gateway and we don't know what happens with him yet and i have a feeling he'll be back later on mm -hmm. cool so i think that's everything on Drust. if i missed anything i apologize do you guys have any questions about that no i think the only other stuff that i could even uh, even bring up is is just way later on and i think a little more tied into like the colterran story mm -hmm. where they 
where they send you back to do some druidy stuff and but I don't think that's the actual zone story so no I think that's I think that is part of the war campaign yeah okay now from there well, we can talk a little bit about Stormsong Valley mm-hmm. uh, which is which was surprisingly cool I actually really liked what was going on over there it was interesting but it, to me it felt a little I don't want to say rushed mm-hmm. um, but it didn't feel as complete as like Tears Guard or Dressfire. It felt a little all over the place. Like it was a little bit of everything. But it is important because that's where the Tide Sages are born, uh, which are like this weird mix of Shaman and Water Mage, which mm-hmm. are pretty, pretty cool, in my opinion. So this is the zone where we start to realize that Queen Azara is still around, that the, the Void is still a thing, and that, well, old gods are, are sort of mucking around. Um, the whole purpose of the zone is to introduce you to what the Tide Sages are doing and to get you to the uh, Shrine of Storms. I was going to say Temple of Storms, but this is not Legend of Zelda. Uh, <laughs> and what we find out I- throughout all of the things is that she's been whispering to the Tide Sages. She's been corrupting them, trying to get them on Team Old God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you finally realize that they've been sacrificing souls inside of the Shrine of Storms. That's the forbidden magic that they've been using. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you get there, fight your way completely through, uh, clear out the illithid faced corrupted tide stages, uh, the faceless ones, the drowned uh, spawns, the weird mind benders, uh, which mm-hmm. are making a return for the first time since cataclysm. Uh, you basically learn that she's been doing all of this all along and that, well, Nazoth is definitely near here and will probably be waking up soon. And this is the whole introduction to that side of what's going to happen here. Um, because on the Horde side, you get to hear about the Blood God. Here, it's all about the God of, well, he's mm-hmm. not just many eyes, but he's weirdly everything. So, and then once you, the Shrine of Storms, I think was one of the cooler instances. I actually really, really loved it because it's an inside outside zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes around the entire structure, which I think is really cool. And you get to see the carvings, which after looking at them, look really old gaudy to begin with. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, yeah. oh, these are krakens. No, those look oh, like cool. tentacle face demons. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. Now that you mention that, that's funny. One of those things that, like, you see it, but but uh, I guess until you pointed it out, I yeah, I kind of it kind of just had that uh you know that old old weird vibe to it. So yeah. Yeah, and it was it was the first time I went through there, like that zone. I started I because my initial thought was. They're sailors. Of course, they're going to carve things like krakens into like statues mm-hmm. and representations. But then I started looking closer at them, and I and I encourage anybody who is you know remotely interested in this type of stuff go take a ride around uh, around Stormsong. Take a look at the things that are carved. They're not just krakens. They're krakens mm-hmm. like sitting on top of necks, like their their bodies that are mm-hmm. like suggested in the carvings and things like that, which I thought was really really interesting mm-hmm. because those were carved eons ago. So this has been a slow. Uh, sort of corruption or thing for Azara. This isn't like a sudden thing, mm-hmm. which I think is really interesting because we always think of like, oh, old god corruption. It's always going to be like, it's always been orcs in the past or something along those lines and demons mm-hmm. and whatever. And it's interesting to see humans actually get a little bit of that corruption for once. Yeah. Uh, yeah and not just sure. like one or two, like, uh, uh, what is his name? Benedictus. Like, it's full on, like, an entire sect of very powerful magic users are being converted and tortured. Mm hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool. Now, so you said uh, 
in in regards to this song, you said you felt it uh, uh, it was a little bit different, like a little bit rushed or or unfinished or or kind of different. Do you think that has anything to do with the fact that they already knew there would be some continued plot and story and uh, and and some more threads to tie back in, you know, cuz cuz we know now with Crucible and mm-hmm. you know with Nashatar and that that coming up that that this feels like it's still relevant or or hasn't played out all the way yet i think to a certain point yes but i'm also wondering if there was more planned besides the abrupt terminus because uh the interesting thing to me is when you complete the story in that zone um as humans you're helping humans like you're helping culturians go through it mm-hmm. um when you're doing it as the horde side it's rexar there at the final the final apex of like that storyline with you and mm-hmm. so, like, the Horde have no real idea how far this corruption goes or mm-hmm. anything like that. And I found that, I always found that a little bit interesting that there was nothing sort of extra after that for the Alliance. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like they touched on it. They, you know, when he's, I can't remember his name now. Uh, the NPC that follows you in there talks about having to go back and, like, actually present the findings and then nothing. And mm-hmm. from what I understand, like, that doesn't come into play until way later in the uh the war campaign so i felt like there was pieces of the war campaign that were originally intended for Stormsong actual quest line mm. but i think there's okay. so many quests there that they pulled some of them out yeah i could see that because mm-hmm. Storm Song has a ton of quests so it felt yeah. like as as we were doing the zone it felt like there was there's one main story thread that kind of weaves around and then heads on up the hill where you know where ultimately where the crucible is on the other side of the water, you know, where all the big structures are. Mm-hmm. But you spend so much time, like, kind of goofing off in the hills and mm-hmm. Quillbore and putting out these fires and rescuing this village and doing all this stuff that that once you finally get over to where you start doing the, you know, you, you start to see the shadows of, of these creatures and the stuff going on. And, uh, oh man, we got the thing. Now we got to run over and here, let me build you this bridge or, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll I'll get you across the water here and then we need to work our way up and we start fighting our way up that, you know, that's when it started to feel like there was a little more meat to it. And it wasn't just like, oh, stop the quill board or, you know, go. And you're hitting something on the, uh, on the head, like that I was, uh, my minor complaint about it. And it's not that I think that the zone is bad. Mm -hmm. It's just that like when you compare it to the other two Alliance zones and all three of the Horde zones, each Mm -hmm. one of the zones had a story that sort of wove into all everything that happens. Like look at, look at Drustfar. Every Mm -hmm. hub that you went to, every quest that you went on, Mm -hmm. tied into the larger story of Uncovery, what happened to the Drust, what happened, where, who they are, what happened. It was the the big overarching story. Everything fed into it. Mm -hmm. In Stormsong, it almost felt like it was just a bunch of little tiny stories Mm -hmm. that then led you into something big but like the other stuff didn't matter because like the quill bores, we don't hear anything else about them right like that's right, a great yeah. example because like you go and you take care of them but they're just running amok like yeah okay well, at one point you're way down on the other side of the zone fighting some naga and, yep. and it didn't feel necessarily like it was even part of i mean seeing the story now and seeing kind of where it was leading like doing all this other stuff yeah you're like I'm not even really sure what I'm doing over here at this point, but I guess, you know, I'll pick up the the weapons and destroy the cannons or whatever, you know. See, no, I, I posited, like, with, like, the things with, like, the Quillbores and the Naga, like, if they had shown, like, a Naga overseer riling up the Quillbores and sending them out there and using them mm-hmm. as, like, sort of, like, a distraction or an army piece, mm-hmm. which would fit Azjara's sort of mentality, 
mm-hmm. and then it, we get to that end point, I felt like that would have been a really nice way to tie sort of that stuff together. They could have they could have done little things that would have made it feel a little more cohesive. And that's that's just me. And again, like the quest right. lines are great. They're fun. There's a lot of cool little stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I just wish it would have been a little more cohesive. Yeah, I don't I don't want to harp on it because the the mm-hmm. actual the main plot of that zone itself I really did like. Oh, yeah. And it had a few moments where you were like, oh, oh, crap. You know, you were, you'd run over and you'd realize, here's a human, here's a dude just standing there, and he is not, he's into some stuff that I don't, <laughs> that is not, <laughs> man, we're, we're getting, we're getting in the deep end here, and that guy is all in, and I got to stop him. You know, like, you have these moments that once you finally, you know, found your way back to the, to the main story, quest again it was it was pretty tense you know the it wasn't as spooky or didn't feel quite as like as like creepy as dressed mm-hmm. far but mm-hmm. it definitely had you know once you had finally got on that yeah 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 now w- uh, the other the last zone tears guard sound and I, I i highly recommend even after i talk about this if you haven't played through it you go through and do it i plan um, to highly <laughs> recommend it uh it, it's fantastic in that it, it does the same thing that dress does except instead of having any sort of like weird, creepy mysticism or like having the old gods and void tentacle corruptions. Uh, it's all about the Ashvane house. Um, so in, in investigating Lady Priscilla Ashvane, because she's a little too receptive to Azerite in, uh, mm-hmm. in a way that makes things a little okay. more complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what you, you wind up doing is you wind up investigating the production of her weapons, the, what she's doing in all these various areas, what the Ash, the Ash Train company is, trading company is actually doing. Uh, and it's cool because you uncover that she's been smuggling illegal weapons to the pirate city of Freehold, which is also in this area. And that with, together with the pirates, she wants to take over all of Kaltiris. Like she's trying to economically okay. take over all mm-hmm. of Kaltiris. Uh, which she's the one that orchestrates that attack on Dalen's gate. She's the one that like gets the uh, the pirates to come in and actually siege Boralis. Like it's these cool moments where you you figure all this out, you piece it all together, and it's very much like almost like a detective story as you're going through and doing the mm-hmm. questing and piecing everything together. And the payoff is so cool. Um, and siege of Boralis is one of my favorite instances in a very very long time. Um, and Tears Guard's sound has, at least in my opinion, uh, two really big uh, story instances, not just one, because not only do you get this, but you also have Freehold, uh, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you go through, you get all the way to being able to confront Lady Ashvane in Boralis, uh, right as she's trying to convince uh, Catherine Proudmore to step down as the Lord Admiral and transfer her power to Ashvane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Ashvane shoots uh, wildly into the crowd and escapes in the chaos. Uh, and then you find out later she starts working with the Horde. Because, of course she does. Because evil human. <laughs> uh, Wait, maybe, maybe she's a good guy. Yeah, she sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> I like this lady already. <laughs> but I think it's it's an interesting twist, too. Because like it's a p- person in a position of power on the Alliance side that is working a, like finally she's in league with queen Ajar to a small degree. She's working mm-hmm. with pirates. She's, she's doing all this stuff against her own people. You don't hear about that on the Alliance side very often. You haven't heard about that ever. I don't really think, uh, the closest we've ever gotten to something of that nature was back in vanilla. When we found out that, uh, lady Prestor was Anixia. 
Mm-hmm. And mm, right. I think that was it. And I thought that was really cool because as a horror player, it was nice to see uh, 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 that the Alliance is an infallible. Right. So mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Also, the interactions between uh, the Proudmore family and the Ashrain family was pretty damn spot on and spectacular. I think this whole expansion has been really neat in the in a way that like there is a genuine struggle for the upper hand. Mm-hmm. You know, Savannah started you know with with burning the tree, but like from from then on out, like it it has not been clear like who has had an advantage, and it and it mm-hmm. seems to kind of sway back and forth in a way that makes you kind of stay invested in in, in at least the uh, the campaign piece of it. You know, I. Uh, and you see that, uh, you know, just just what you were saying with that, with with Ashenvain, like that, you know, that's supposed to be one of their key people. You know, she's she's been in leadership for quite a while now, and now all of a sudden, and best friends with she, with Catherine Proudmore, like not even mm-hmm. just not just a person of power, oh, like okay. a like a lifelong friend mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. of uh, Catherine Proudmore, who was there when her husband died for her, who was there when her son died, mm-hmm. like right. this trusted confidant then turns out to, to be this. It was such a, a heart punch moment. It was, it was really well executed. Mm-hmm. The other thing I will say that I really enjoyed, particularly about the Alliance story in all three of these zones was the character growth that was portrayed uh, mm-hmm. for everybody. And including like Jaina. Um, one thing that I've always had sort of a, a gripe with in the past is that Alliance characters tended to feel a little more static than Horde characters. And it was mm-hmm. nice to see the Alliance get some love here. Uh, seeing Jaina sort of uh, grow up, a little bit mm-hmm. and sort of learn how to deal with the tragedies of her life and then figure out who she is and what she needs to do. Seeing uh Greymane actually uh mm-hmm. no longer be like this homicidal maniac mm-hmm. uh, and like actually showing concern and being there for the the people and then worrying about what happens to Kaltiris and and things like that. Like you you'd start to see like these these characters forming more than these one dimensional uh sort of profiles and it is refreshing. And it's nice to see the Alliance get that love in storytelling. I really, really like that. I really like the... Uh, uh, pl- and Daryl, if you ever get around to this, man, it is getting there. really good. I guess the uh, the Alliance uh, version of the, of the Zul'jin story would be the Jaina story. Yep. And she got a whole different treatment that was, that was uh, very much... I don't know. She kind of went from, you know, we saw what happened in uh, in Warlords and, you know, the Theramore and everything that happened. And she became a real, like, you know, just middle fingers in the air, hot topic. Like, I'm going <laughs> to just, <laughs> like, angsty, like, yeah, like, just going to just F the horde kind of thing, you know. And and it feels like her her personal journey and struggle through everything that happened and her you know, being, making amends with, well, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead too much, but, you know, kind of, you know, being able to, her journey with her mom and everything to get back into that is like, she's still pissed and she's still not going to put up with your crap, but she isn't like quite, you know, she seems like she's, I don't know, there's a whole nother dimension. It's kind of like when somebody goes through such a, such a process like that, it, it changes them and they're not, she's not just hell bent on, on hating the horde i'm you know there's still i'm sure pretty deep-seated hate and frustration but it's it's just different now you Mm -hmm. know well i think the greatest example of that at least from my perspective is during the horror campaign uh one of the things that you have to do and and this is something that i'm going to jump a little bit because i feel it's kind of important to this uh Mm -hmm. one of the one of the things that the horde wanted to do was get somebody 
from the Proudmoor past that would sort of mess things up for them, and, and if they could raise them and use them against them. Right. And so they get they get uh, Derek Proudmoor, uh, Jaina's mm-hmm. sister, a Catherine's son, the one who died at sea, uh, and they resurrect him as a Forsaken, and they take him mm-hmm. to conditioning. And one of the things you do as Horde is you break him out, yeah. and you bring him back to Jaina, and this is one of the best moments for me because you see her reaction to Bane, somebody who in the past she would have been telling everybody stand down weapons down. He's not going to hurt us. Everything's mm-hmm. fine. There's this tension. She doesn't outright kill him. doesn't mm-hmm. go on the offensive right away, Yeah. but she like, you could tell she's not, she's reserved. She's calculating. She's trying to figure out if he's being manipulated, not that he would betray her, mm-hmm. but she's trying to figure out what the play is. And it's sort of like this, this, I don't want to say naivete, but that's the best I can, I can come up with. It's gone from her finally. Like she's mm-hmm. finally starting to see the world, not through these hate filled lenses, not through these lenses of, of childish joyousness. She's starting mm-hmm. to say there are things that even I thought were right that definitely aren't. And I need to be more careful. And you can actually see mm-hmm. that. Right. And it's refreshing for her because she needed it. I, I love mm-hmm. Jaina so much and she just needed something like this. Well, Okay, you showing up with uh, with Bane, right? Mm-hmm. And bringing and bringing Derek back, like she sees Bane, and she immediately is like, okay, she has an understanding with him, but she sees what's going on and sees like, okay, mm-hmm. like I see what you have here, but I and I and I know you, and I want to trust you, but I just know this is way too jacked up, mm-hmm. and the fact that that the fact that my brother's standing in front of me right now means that like something completely wrong happened. And I can't just trust it at face value. Which is nice because the old Jaina would have embraced her undead brother at that point, would mm-hmm. have like thanked Bane profusely, would have mm-hmm. not thought any anything yeah. different about it. Yeah. Well, so all right. Well, I mean, I guess that was basically tear guard sound then, right? Do we yep. do we just want to get into the war campaign then? So I mean, the work that was a bit of a fast forward a little bit, but we can <laughs> it was a little <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the alliance the alliance war campaign is actually something that I'm a little bit behind on. Uh, Mm -hmm. simply because I haven't been playing quite as much of that as I would like to. (laughs) It's a lot, Uh, man. It's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot to take in all sides of all the stories, you know, even just take us to where you've gone because it's still more than I've done. Well, so that's going to be because I I, am very, very early on into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So basically it's uh, we can what is it? Tides of Vengeance, I think, was the first one or the first Mm -hmm. part of it. Yeah. Uh, so you so. have, yeah. Basically, the alliance wants to take take out the Zandalari fleet. That's basically the main goal. That's what they've been mm-hmm. working towards. And what they want to do is they want to use the Abyssal Scepter to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was stolen from the Horde previously. Uh, they get it back uh, and they use it at one point as essentially bait uh, to get the Horde to basically run headfirst into a trap to try to get them. Uh, I think it's in Nazmir they do this to get them to sort of like blow themselves up, which is actually really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that's about as far as I've gotten with it is basically that whole setup uh, to set up the Alliance decoy force landing in the far reach, getting the horde to react to that and pull out. That's where they use the Abyssal Scepter to sort mm-hmm. of like blow them up. Uh, then they basically force everybody to run back after they set off a whole bunch of explosions and a bunch of ships. And then we get to the Battle of Dazar-Alor, which is, well, the Alliance is here to kill King Rastakhan and take this city, this major city, from the Horde's control. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's where I've gotten. I haven't gotten anything past oh, that. Okay. 
There's honestly there's not a ton past that, and uh, and I'm but I'm bad for not having the best uh, recollection or, or uh, <laughs> being able to recount it. But I but I do know that uh, the one part that I had a blast doing though was so the horde steals the scepter, mm-hmm. the alliance steals it back, and they basically Jaina opens a portal for you, and you are in uh, inside of the pyramid in Opulence's chamber. And you have to, and you have like a couple of, of known characters with you. Matthias Shaw is the yeah, main one. There you go. Yeah. And you're the leader of SI7. <laughs> you're pulling like this Indiana Jones kind of heist thing to go and steal the scepter back after the horde has already stolen it. And it is like the funnest little scenario that you do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and that's the whole thing that plays into how they get it back and how they use it to, uh, to shroud the uh, Nazmir and, and to kind of pull a sneaky on the horde um but, but not i think after that you know there's a there's a couple of pieces you know like the uh you know the whole proud more thing with Jaina. but uh you do you do have to go down and uh fight in in a terror guard sound i believe it is or no storm song valley mm-hmm. and you end up circling back around and uh and and you come up on the hill overlooking the horde camp and that's basically you know tells you to look in the look in a little in a spyglass and you can look down there and that's how the alliance sees what what happened oh to bane where, and uh, selling that's oh, okay. okay that's really mm-hmm. okay cool oh, that's cool yeah you, you're kind of doing some recon there in that mm-hmm. zone and you end up just on the top of the hill overlooking it and you right. see that uh sylvanas and bane and uh Gosh, what's his name? The undead guy that they Zelen, the Thanos. Z- no, Zelen. Oh, Zelen. Okay, Z- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you you watch that. You the watch that exact, yeah. yeah, yeah. You watch that cutscene, but that's how you see it. That's how yeah. you end that's up cool. getting that perspective. That's cool. Yeah. Well, and yeah, because basically like on the horde side before that cinematic happens, you're up there clearing alliance out of there, so they can't mm-hmm. see, right? So yeah, yeah. So that's what that's what yeah. you're doing is you're doing all that kind of recon up there. So it's uh you you both get that cutscene, but that's how the alliance actually has access to it, that's and cool. it's neat because uh, because you see that happen, and uh, you look you look at each other, you know, and you're like, oh crap, <laughs> like you know, <laughs> Zelen just gets wrecked, and Bane is like called out as a traitor. So <laughs> so yeah, it's uh. It's, it's basically, I think that's kind of up to speed now, right? That's kind of where, mm-hmm. well, I mean. Well, there's also the other part where you have Anduin who let um, Sarfang go, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, before that. About that at all. Yeah. yeah, so one of the things that happens at the Battle of, and this is going back to sort of the, the pre-stuff, Battle of Lodoran is Sarfang basically tries to buy the Horde time to escape. Um, mm-hmm. And by buying time, he basically just submits. Um, mm-hmm. he's really angry at everything that happened, uh, yeah. in the burning of Teldrassil. He's, he's really angry that he almost acted in a cowardly manner, uh, mm-hmm. that was without honor and he wants to die. Um, but Anduin's Anduin. He's not going to kill him. Mm-hmm. Uh, brings him, he captures him, brings him back, throws him in the stockades. And at one point there's this beautiful cutscene where Anduin and Sarfang talk to each other and Anduin just says, well, I'm not going to stop you because I think we need to stop her uh, mm. referring to Sylvanas yeah. and just leaves the door open as he leaves uh, and Sarfang escapes. And as the horde, uh, you, you're, you're sent to actually hunt Sarfang down, which I think is a very interesting set of quests. I don't know mm. how that plays out on the Alliance side, 
Um, but there are SI7 folks on the Horde side, and I'm guessing there's something where the Alliance are trying to cover his tracks, which I think is really interesting. So now that they know about what happened to Sarfang, and that Sarfang's basically out there on uh, the the Eastern Kingdoms doing his mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. you have Bane, who's just been thrown into um, the brig, essentially, mm-hmm. and the Alliance knows about it. I'm wondering if the Alliance are going to play a part in trying to break Bane out, which I think would be intriguing. As long as it's not part of a raid encounter, <laughs> because then we're because then everybody's oh garage two point then it like actually gets dangerously close to that line. As if we're raiding Ogamar again to get Bane out of the oh, out of the basement, <laughs> like we're oh, like okay. Man. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't think. I don't think we're. I don't think we're gonna get that. I think it's gonna be. If anything, it'll be a scenario or something. Which is that's yeah. fine. Yeah. So, um, so let's let's talk about then a little bit. I guess that's caught up on the war campaign. Do you have anything, Daryl? Before I try and push this forward at all, or no, I don't think so. I don't know. Is there any? You guys, yeah, you 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 called yourselves the tinfoil hat crew or whatever it was so is there anything that you guys have been speculating i'm not i'm gonna admit here i'm a little behind on on my lore watch so i'm sure there's something i know i know i'm a little behind um but anyway is there something that you guys speculate is coming up like like what are we what's gonna happen with like 8.2 when that comes like uh is there is there anything exciting you think we're gonna get so the 8.2, 8.2, is, it's hard to predict because it's going to be more about uh, Queen Ajar and what's going yeah, on there. Yeah. Uh, and it's going mm-hmm. to be about the awakening of Nazoth, and it's going to be what's mm-hmm. going to, to be basically the aftermath of that. The things that I think personally that are going to be important, we haven't really talked too much about this collectively yet because uh, on the show we're trying to avoid as many spoilers as possible. That's so, fair, that's fair. Um, but this is something that people know about, that they're talking about. So I, I don't feel too bad about this one. It's not really a spoiler. Mm-hmm. We know that uh, Knife Wife is back in the mix. So Zalatath is, is back. Oh, we've already. Things. Oh, that was that was what I was going to ask you. Have you have you done that quest line yet? The one I, leading into Crucible of Storms? I have. Have you? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's not even that's not even uh, that's that's not spoiler territory at this point. Right. Like you. you yeah. You go and pick up Knife and. But there are two interesting things that happen because of that, right? First of all, the spirit of Zalatath is released from the knife, right? When she starts like, hitting on you. Well, she does. Um, <laughs> She's like, hey, <laughs> you like this body I have here? <laughs> but you, you are when that happens, the knife stays there. It stays mm-hmm. there uh, for you to go and get again, essentially. Like, the player mm-hmm. knows where it is. Like, you've had this encounter, you've had this interaction, and you go and get that knife, and if you're Horde, you bring it back to Sylvanas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Now, I think there are two possibilities that are going to start happening. Either we're going to start to see uh, Sylvanas being, uh, I don't want to say pushed by the Void, but I think it's an ultimate bargaining chip because there's no soul inside of that blade right now. It's mm-hmm. empty. And what is the Void fear? The Void fear stasis. In the comic, The Three Sisters, we see the Void is yelling to murder Sylvanas. Kill her, she's unnatural, she breaks the order. Mm-hmm. The Void works kind of in conjunction with the Old God, so there's got to be something going on there. There's got to mm-hmm. be a reason intentionally Nazoth wants her to have that knife. Mm-hmm. And it's going to lead to one of two things. It's not going to be Garrosh 2.0, I can guarantee that. I think it's either going to be her ultimate downfall, where she's going to get sucked into the Blade, 
or we're going to start to see the redemption of Sylvanas where she doesn't, she's no longer forsaken. And this goes Uh back to the, uh, before the storm, we now know that light and void can produce not forsaken Uh because Kalia Menethal's around. Right. Well, if this is an artifact of pure void, you take an artifact of pure light, channel all that power through her. This could be the vehicle with which she's no longer forsaken. She's no longer undead. Right. She's no longer Sylvanas and leader of the forsaken, Uh which accomplishes Nazoth's goal does not kill her off, does not put her in a refrigerator, does not suck her into a soul blade mm-hmm. and lets them do something with her where she still can, she has now to deal with the ramifications of everything she's done. But I think 8.2 is going to start to give us the hints of which way that story is going to go. So if we start seeing light artifacts being searched for, I think I'm, I'm we might be on the right track there. Oh, that, that sounds cool. I, I know there's a lot of data mine stuff that's, that's happened. I'm not going to get into any of that, but there's <laughs> so many like ways this could go. You know, I know. Uh, so when will we, when do you think we'll get Kalia back in the story? Cause the last we saw her really was the end of the book, right? Yeah. She's still in the Netherlight temple. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's still kind of learning and, and biding her time. I think real soon. Uh, I think that she is ultimately going to wind up taking over, uh, the forsaken of, of Lord Aran as far as the leadership role goes. Oh, wow. I think that's the ultimate goal. Hmm. Um, because if you look at the book, like, She's the rightful heir of Lordaeron, and yeah. Sylvanas knows that. That's why she wanted to kill her, mm-hmm. because if the, the Forsaken, who are all former citizens of Lordaeron, with the exception of the Dark Rangers, which aren't technically Forsaken, uh, who would they really follow? Would they follow their former, you know, their princess, mm-hmm. now their queen? Or would they follow Sylvanas, who they've seen what she does to people? So, like, right, it, right. I think I think we're going to start seeing her pop up, and I think the alliance side is going to get that first, and I think it's going to be something involving Anduin, uh, bringing her in, and Anduin making a play saying, "Look, you need to go take back your people." Mm-hmm. So I think maybe not in eight point two, but I think it'll be like towards the tail end of eight point two, she'll probably make an appearance. Cool. Yeah, it could be a eight point two five or eight point mm-hmm. three. I don't know. There's there's still you know there's still a lot of story left in this expansion, so. Mm-hmm. There is, and the way they're pacing yeah. content, they they're doing a good job of keeping it alive. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Yeah, I have yet to feel uh, to feel bored or rushed. Mm-hmm. Like n- neither end of the spectrum. I haven't been bored with anything, and I and when I say I'm not rushed, like normally we're able to kind of push our way through heroic content. Usually, you can get AOTC kind of stuff, and it's feeling like this stuff is coming out paced quickly enough to where like wow we might not actually get that because we're you know just being super casual it takes us some time to get through it and mm-hmm. and i kind of like that feeling though mm-hmm. uh aotc is great but i but i like the feeling of of not i'm we're not sitting on this same content for you know six and eight months at a time so it, yeah. it feels good to know that you know that this stuff is is coming out and it's coming out at a pretty good pace yeah i agree and i agree with you on that like it's one of those things where like beforehand we'd be done with the content we'd be done with the story and then we'd have these long droughts mm. and now it feels like they've got the pacing down where like as i'm finishing something i feel there's more for me to go and explore to do and mm-hmm. i feel like there's actually a reason to play both sides now because mm-hmm. the way that the story progresses even though some of the major beats are shared between them the little yeah. things are really important like cord side when you see the thing with bane happening is a great example if you can play to get to that point you can talk to the npcs and that's something mm-hmm. that the Alliance players can't do. Right. And you get so much more extra story from that. It's the same thing reverse. When the Alliance mm-hmm. can talk to the Alliance NPCs, you get so much more story. 
So there's there's reasons to play both sides of this expansion, which I feel oh, yeah, yeah, was not yeah. the case in Legion yeah. at all. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, like you were mentioning on the with the horde. You walk around basically everywhere, and you can ask them what what they think about Derek Proudmore being brought back, and everybody's got their little two cents. You yeah. can sit there and listen to you, and it's it's pretty cool. Um, I was thinking like if you start to piece together the timelines, you can kind of figure out like a little bit, you know, not what the content is going to be necessarily, but you can figure out the pacing, right? Mm -hmm. Because we know, you know, with BlizzCon in November, uh, and they usually, they usually have, you know, some announcement there and some content there and then, and then whatever the final raid is going to be, right? So you can look at basically, I don't know, I'm not, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because it's, speculating but uh you look at it and I, and I don't necessarily look at crucible as as a big deal you know it's a it's it's a more of a story raid to me than anything you know it's two mm. bosses and it is what it is but you know uh battle of desire lore can't drop in january right and we know that you know the new the new raid is going to be out a couple of what did Ian say? Two to three weeks after the new patch drops. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. and we know, you know, and then you start looking towards the end of the year and at BlizzCon and what's announced there and when that's coming out. So, I mean, you can, you can pretty much guess that the new, that the new 8.2 and the new raid will be out probably next month. I'm guessing. Probably. And if you look at the the size of it, it's not just the raid either. They're mm -hmm. looking oh, to do yeah. something along the two sides. Zones and, yeah. 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 Two whole new zones. They're looking at doing more story questing that, that unveils sort of like the whole thing that happened with the Nightborn. Mm -hmm. um, they're saying that it's going to be roughly around like something that size as well, if not mm -hmm. bigger, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. that's good. That's a lot of content to go through. That's a lot of stuff mm -hmm. to unveil. It's a lot of time to spend doing cool things, right? Mm -hmm. New things. So Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you can almost figure out kind of what the next what the next six months or so is going to look like, right? That, you know, we have new content and it's coming. So if you're, if you're the type of person that's trying to get like, I don't know where, I don't know whether we're going to get AOTC or not, but mm -hmm. we may not have that. We may not have much more than a you know a month or two to, to get that done. So is there anything that really stuck out to you about the Alliance story uh, in any of the zones or the campaign or anything so far that was just like the, the mind blown moment or that was just like one of your favorite kind of pieces of, of story. I don't know about mind blown moment. Um, there wasn't, I don't think there's been really like a ooh uh, mm -hmm. moment so far for me, this expansion, but I think my favorite set of story was probably the, the Ashvane betrayal, I think was one of the coolest things. Cause mm -hmm. even if you suspected that it was going to happen, which mm -hmm. the signs are there, you know what you're investigating. But the way it all plays out, the way that the cinematics play out, the mm -hmm. way that the NPCs react, and then going through and looking at the aftermath of it, mm -hmm. it's it's just so well done. It's such a nice little piece of storytelling that I just sat there and I was like, okay, yeah, this is probably my favorite part because of how how smooth it was. Mm -hmm. Like if if I didn't know better, I would say that Christy Golden sat down and wrote that entire thing out. That that's mm -hmm. where they got the quest stuff from because that's what it feels like right. to me. It felt like I was reading one of her novels. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's a that's quite a compliment too to just the, how well that was put together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Man, that makes me though. That makes me want to talk about the uh, the horde side stuff with Zuljin though, because since it's kind of the parallel to the Jaina and the <laughs> and all that stuff going on. But I think 
that's a, that is a whole rabbit hole that <laughs> can spend a lot of time can, going down. So. I could spend I could spend two hours dissecting that whole uh, thing. Oh man, that that was my that was my moment this expansion where I was like, no way, <laughs> where you're going to all the zones and oh my gosh, if you're Alliance and you haven't played Horde, the Zuljin story alone mm-hmm. is worth is worth rolling up a Horde character for. Absolutely, and I, I will. I, def, I that I will definitely agree with that. Like, and, and I think the biggest part of that was just like you said, going to the different NPCs and mm-hmm. like seeing how far Bomsandi actually like reached outside of his little island. Because that's the thing as a horde player, I always thought Bomsandi was like, oh, he just kind of hung out over there in Zandalar. Mm-hmm. No, he makes the he's made the rounds. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. A couple of them are, <laughs> yeah. I don't. It's not spoilers, but I if we talk about it, it's just going to be another yeah. thirty or forty. So, <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Daryl, you got anything else, man? No, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I know I need to. Awesome. I need to get in there and play this. Um, what I had decided to do, I rolled a void elf uh, warlock, and yeah. I was leveling that up. And then my my plan was to once I got that up to you know BFA, then I you know take my time through all the story, make sure I read all the quests and get through all that. Take that through mm-hmm. the campaign instead of, you know, I did a paladin with you, but, you know, my plan was to take the... Well, there, I think I'm stuck in... I think I skipped BC and went straight to Wrath because you can do that now. So that's where it sits now, like level 63. Haven't touched mm-hmm. it in two months. I should probably get on that. <laughs> now that I've capped level 50 on my, my neck, maybe I'll, maybe I'll stop spending, so I will stop spending time on that because I've capped it. So maybe I'll start <laughs> spending some time on my Void Elf here and uh, get up there. Highly recommended, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, there's some really cool stuff. That The campaign is really cool. But the, the biggest problem, and I don't know if this is going to change anytime soon, but the biggest problem is a lot of that stuff is actually rep-gated. So there mm-hmm. are certain pieces of the campaign yeah. that I had to go and grind rep for, or it was like, oh, the, I don't know, honor bound or whatever. Well, the heck. Yeah. I mean, the good news on, the, on that, at least, is that they've increased some of the rep gains uh, from some of the turn-ins and from some mm-hmm. of the okay. stuff that we did already. Nice. Mm-hmm. So as you're going through it, you won't have the problem that we did. We don't have to grind as nearly Oh, as much. man. Yeah. I know, because we kind of, <laughs> yeah, Daryl had a paladin and I had a monk, and we kind of just, you know... It kind of ran through the zones, you know. Yeah, we, we played through. Well, pretty did the stories and stuff, but we ran through the zones, and and you know, admittedly, I wanted to get the the allied race stuff done. And next thing you know, you're like, oh, I can't really do anything because I have to. <laughs> I'm waiting on rep. I can't even do the war campaign stuff because I'm waiting on rep. And so yeah, yeah. But all right, cool. Well, let's uh, let's wrap it up then. All right. Oh man, what did I used to say here? Well, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> I know this is awesome. I love it. We like totally cut the notes out. Like it just says Discord server. So I'll just say, hey, we have a Discord server. Do you want to check it out? Uh, Discord.me/ttd. And I guess that's all I need to say. You have my gratitude. <laughs> we make a great team. <sighs> I'm sure glad you're around. You have your uses, don't you? You have quite a talent there. Together, our victory is assured. Good enough. All right, so I've totally mixed up how we're doing the shout-outs yeah, now. Yeah, you did. Yeah, oh, I did. Man. So now the guest is going to go first. Joe, do you have any shout-outs this evening? Uh, I would like to take a shout-out to the, the Grip Blizzard Watch and Lorach, particularly Matt Rossi and Ann Sickney, uh, because without them, I wouldn't be able to talk Laura as nearly as effectively as uh, I do right now. 
Uh, so big shout out to them. I would like to take a shout out to my charitable org, uh, Roll Twenty, or it's RollForCharity.org. Uh, mm-hmm. Great group of people doing great things. Uh, so big shout out to them, and uh, shout out to everybody in the WoW community because without you guys, I wouldn't be sitting here, and I wouldn't have half the friends or half the relationships that I have right now. So thank you all. Absolutely. Oh, all right, you want to go next? Yeah, I'm going next. I'm going <laughs> next. So there. All right, I'm going to start off with uh, Joe. A big shout out to you. Thanks for coming on this evening. Uh, it's been about a year since you were last on, so uh, we might need to make that more often. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and and uh, I just love listening to you talk about lore, especially one-on-one tests. It's the best. Uh, big shout out to the raid team uh, for we are now five of nine heroic. We got down. Uh, what is it? The conclave. So we got down the conclave on Ooh, Friday. Congrats. Oof. Oh, that was rough. <laughs> that was we had, we had like a 2% wipe. Or no, no, it was like a point. No, it was two. like a. It was like a point 2% wipe. Like it said 0%. Yep. yep. Oh my God. That was painful. But then we got it the next pull after that, at least. We like pull out Phantas runes and everything. It's like no holds barred. Mm-hmm. We're done. Mm-hmm. The good news is the other ones aren't as bad. Well, <laughs> well, we we we'll had see, a lot. Of, we, yeah, a we had a little trouble with Rosticon after that, but I think my bourbon buff was on full effect by that time. So, <laughs> so anyway, we'll see. We'll see how this yeah. week goes. Um, so, big shout yeah. out to the raid team. Um, but the reason I wanted to go before Rob was to give a big shout out to Rob. You completed a half marathon this weekend, dude. That's amazing. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! <laughs> You're gonna make me cry. <laughs> so awesome job! I'm look. I'm doing mine this weekend, but you did it first, and it's awesome. What do you got? Uh, for I only shout-outs? did it first because it was because uh, <laughs> I only did it first because mine came up first on the calendar. But ah, uh, dude, um, so many shout-outs, but definitely you guys, uh, Joe. Definitely again, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Always, always, like Daryl said, always a pleasure. Um, Daryl, thanks for getting this one set up. I know we had talked about it, but you, you kind of did the legwork on it. Uh, like you mentioned, the raid team, uh, not only for our heroic progression, but we went in and uh, in one night cleared out a Crucible. And that yeah, was really cool. That was good. And, uh, it was neat to see. I don't know if I want to go back in or not, because it was <laughs> something else. <laughs> uh, and uh, and uh, if, if, if they're listening, massive, huge love um, to, to uh, James and Missy for showing up. Uh, yeah, there at the awesome. finish line, that was absolutely incredible. Oh, and uh, and hey, how's it going, Alicia? In the chat there. Uh, yeah, we're wrapping it up, but just want to say hi. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Yeah, did it, and uh, you are gonna you are gonna kill it on yours. I know that you uh, you've trained in like sub zero temperatures, and you're all out there like straight up Good like Iron thing Man. It's gonna be sub zero, I think. <laughs> Forecast but, isn't looking good, but it'll be good. <laughs> You're going to kill it. <laughs> All right, uh, Joe, uh, how can people reach you if they want to get a hold of you for uh, – I know you mentioned the uh, charity here, but uh, if they want to get a hold of you about that or, or anything else. Uh, so rollforcharity.org is the website. Uh, you feel free to stop by. Uh, you also find us on Facebook. Um, and if you feel like donating to that, absolutely. We just want to give words of encouragement and spread the word. Also appreciate it as well. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at LoaderZJ. Uh, stop by and say hello. It's L-O-D-U-R-Z-J. Always happy to talk about game stuff with anybody, as long as you're nice. Be nice. Uh, and then uh, I also do uh, some streaming now with Good Job Channel. It sounds exactly as, uh, or spelled exactly as it sounds. 
Uh, so stop by if you want to do that. And that's another avenue we do the charity stuff for. Nice. So every all the bits, subs, everything we get from it goes straight to that one's for extra life. And we do that year round. So stop by, watch me be really terrible at video games. Uh, keep me keep me company in chat and and uh, listen to me swear profusely at little indie roguelike games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> and of course, uh, BlizzardWatch.com because perfect blizzard watch is always there awesome well that is it for episode 240 of the training dummies you can find this in past episodes of the show on itunes stitcher google play and the training dummies.com and remember we're all just jackasses with mics so until next time it's advice you can trust from people you shouldn't so forget what i said before now is when things are getting weird Oh, a fan, huh? Who can blame you? (laughs) Thanks for all the love and support. At patreon.com slash training dummies. Perhaps you require more training. Dummies. Uther. I'm not dignifying that with a response. Look, there's a little note. Patreon.com slash training dummies. Has not been evaluated by the FDA. Please do not operate large machinery or mythical creatures after healing. Side effects may include nausea, dimensional displacement, stomach irritation, and sentient discharges. Always consult the doctor before using patreon.com slash training dummies. Was that not enough jokes? Were you not entertained?